Welcome to Bonfire Babble. Exploring magic with two modern witches, I'm Corey. And I'm Detta. Welcome back, everybody. Hello. Episode 16? 16? Holy cremoli. We're sweet 16, Aww. everybody. We had a last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just getting so old. <laughs> um. Corey and I want to announce our very first winners on Instagram. Happy Feet and Kate Daily Official. Thank you to everybody who entered. We promise there will be more giveaways. We have some exciting ones to announce over the next couple of months. And thank you for entering this one. Enjoy the cat and kettle tea and Friday afternoon tea gift certificates. Hi. How was your Hi. week this week? Honestly? And yeah. because I feel like honesty is the best policy, it, is the it best was policy. pretty trash, but Aww. it's doing much better now. It's okay, doing much good. better now. It started out pretty garbage, uh, and then it got better. <laughs> well, I'm glad it got better. And I know Thanks. you were just listening to Adventure Time. No, I was listening to the Adventure Zone. Adventure, I love Adventure Zone. Time. Oh, Adventure yeah. Time is a cartoon. It is, yes. Oh, and hey, we might as well, right here, you just said you were on another podcast. No, I got invited to be on another podcast. Ooh, you want to pump up that podcast for a minute? I have been asked by a friend to be on an episode of Saturday Morning Tuesdays, which is a podcast I recommend that you all go listen to if you like cartoons. They actually just did an episode where they interviewed Kevin Altieri, uh, who is the guy that directed Batman the Animated Series, um, which is amazing and these are really funny folks, and I just cannot recommend them enough. So please check them out. It's Andy, and who else does it with them? Uh, I think Rory and then Austin. I have listened, and it is fun. And uh, we have yeah, mutual friends that are on it from time to time. And it's I just, think I've it's... seen Kyle on it before. And Dom. Oh, and Dom, yeah. yeah. These are good people, everyone. These are all good people. Yeah, you would love them. That's so great. Uh, but yeah, otherwise this week was just like work was hard mm. and then like emotionally I was just really like not vibrating at my highest frequency, you know? Yeah, I do uh, know. But, uh, oh, therapy update. Yeah. Therapist number one, it's not going to work out. It's okay. But that's okay because she was super nice about it. She was like, "I if I can't be what you need, like you got to find the person that is that. And I was like, dope. And so she was very helpful. Also, and this is not the reason it didn't work out, but a funny point of interest. If you are at all familiar with the movie The Addams Family, and you remember the woman who played Fester's, air quotes, mother, when she was pretending to be the psychologist as Dr. Pinderschloss, and she had that funny accent, this woman had that accent. And... It threw me for about 10 whole minutes because I was just like, am I, (laughs) am I in a movie right now? Uh, But it's going to be okay. And I will uh, call tomorrow when things are open and I will try again. That's cool. I'm glad you're not settling. I'm glad you're looking for the right fit. 
Well, I settled like for dating. a lot of things for like 30 years, so I'm done with that. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm very glad. Thanks. How was your week? I had a better week than I had a right to. I really did. Because <laughs> the week before was really crappy. And um, I, yeah, I had a birthday, as you all know. And Yay! we will have just announced, because I'll slide it in before our little announcement. Um, we're recording on Sunday and Monday night. We pick the winner to our very first giveaway for teas. And so yay to the winners, both of you. Yay to the winners. Yay. And I just ended up having really great tarot card pulls and really great energy. A lot of fun things happened, yes, even I though I was stuck at home. Then I had an asthma attack last night, which is why I might sound, sound a little Demi Moorish today. You know, hey, husky. Worst people to sound like. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but but I had some fun, and I hosted a virtual dance show on Friday night for the college that I work for, and these women were freaking amazing. And one of them is going to go on. I'm really inspired right now. She is majoring in social work and I asked her what field she was going to go into in social work and she's going into reproductive justice. Yay yay. I know. It's really cool. I was really inspired by all of them. Reproductive health services help everyone. Yeah they do. Serving the world, changing the world. All these women were just great. So it was I fun. I love it. Yeah it was a fun week. One really fun thing that happened this week is um, my husband is doing, he did some Christmas shows, like Zoom Christmas shows, and one of them was Olive the Other Reindeer, which what? is like a cute little story that I'd never <gasps> heard before. Oh, and I, I love that story. you all know, but there is a an animated little short film starring Drew Barrymore mm-hmm. and like Joe Pantoliano and Matt Groening and like, it's so cute. And ridiculous and fun. And like, uh, that was a real highlight. I didn't get to see his production of it, but then we watched the cartoon. I love that story. Oh, because he was doing it. Does he do them on Zoom? Yeah, he goes on. He does them on Zoom. Oh my gosh, how fun. Yeah. I love that that's happening. Um, Yes. And that's how the dance show was done too. They were all in their own spaces and stuff. So it's really, I think it's really fun. I mean, it's not the way I want to do theater for forever. (laughs) By any Truly. stretch of the imagination. But I don't know about Adrian, but some of the spaces for the dancers, somebody was in a carport and put up sheets and Christmas lights, and it was just gorgeous. It looked like a really fancy, smancy dance space. So Do I don't know, know what if Adrian this does kind of stuff. feels like what? to me is the early days of YouTube. Yes. Like all of these yes. productions feel like the early days of YouTube of YouTubers before they made hella dollars monetizing their stuff and before they were buying houses and having makeup lines and like early YouTube. That's what this feels like when you just had to like make it work in your space. There's very much like a late 90s, early 2000s vibe happening. Late 90s. YouTube was around in the late 90s. Early 2000s, I think. Really? Yeah. Man, that was a long time ago. (laughs) Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yikes. I know. Very cool. And now I can magically make pizza come to me by just pushing a couple buttons. We're in the future. (laughs) I love it. I've been listening to music, too, getting ready for the holidays. All the mini that I celebrate, all the ones, well, not all the ones, but a couple of the ones we're going to talk about today. Yay, yay. Yeah. And that Spotify thing came out. 
which is why I now know about, I'm going to say it wrong again, Adventure Time, not Adventure The Adventure Land. Zone. The Adventure Zone. Gosh dang it. <laughs> the Adventure Zone. By the, adventure the thrilling, zone. stunning, beautiful, wonderful McElroy family. And it is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast, right? Yes. It's wonderful. It's old. It started in like 2016 or something. So the campaign's um, done and you're just catching up? I'm catching up uh, and I'm almost done with it. And soon I will go on to the next campaign that they do. I'd like to catch up to where they are now, but I'm very much a like chronological order person. Mm -hmm. So I have like 300 episodes to sift through. But oh my gosh, how many campaigns have they done? Lots. Well, maybe not 300. That's my brother, my brother and me. That's their other podcast. That's there's like a bazillion episodes of that. But the Adventure Zone has me really inspired right now because it's like such good storytelling. Mm -hmm. And it's making me want to be more creative, which is great. Speaking of being more creative. Yeah, I got my supplies for your Christmas present. What? Oh, man. Yeah. Detta sent me pie the other day. I was having a shite day at work. and She was like, pick a pie. I wanted to send you cheesecake, but this particular place did not have cheesecake. That's okay. <laughs> I got this, like, coconut blueberry Hawaiian thing. It was so good. Oh, I'm glad it was good. It was so, I ate, ate it before the day was over. Oh. Hey, uh, do hey. you want to head into the library? Uh, or no? We should probably say what we're talking about today. Oh, no. Let's just... Okay. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. What are we talking uh, about today, Corey? You've you've caught us in a chatty mood, listeners. <laughs> um, we are talking about Yule. Yule. It's very exciting. And winter solstice. Yes, there's and a lot of there's a lot of stuff happening. There's a lot of overlap. A lot of overlap. Yeah. A lot of very confusing history, mm. uh, which we will get into. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about now. this one. I'm always excited, aren't I? You are. <laughs> there's my. I'm excited. And um, so, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> shall we, shall we get to it? Let's do it. All right. So this episode is all about the history of Yule or Yuletide. That is why today I am going to run us through some basic ancient history. And then we're going to head out to the fire where Detta is going to catch us up with the more neo-pagan Celtic um, and all that good stuff, celebrations of Yule as a holiday. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna touch on that a little bit, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about the winter solstice via Irish witchcraft and Irish celebrations. Rad. Yeah. So I'm taking us to the way, way back, and then we're going to get in our way, way back machine and come forward. How way back are you taking us? Pretty way back. Okay. <laughs> we're going way the heck back. All right. Here are my sources, uh, mentalfloss.com, history.com, and of course, our chairman of the board, Wikipedia. So, there's a lot, this is a lot, it's a lot of history, okay? Let's start the book report. <laughs> Yule, or Yule Tide, is a festival historically observed by the Germanic peoples. Now, the word Yule is the modern version of the Old English. It's spelled G-E-O-L, and I'm not going to try because okay. I don't, I just, it's been a long time since I read Beowulf, and I'm just not in the mood. So, <laughs> it comes from an Old English word, 
Yule indicates the 12-day festival that became Christmastide, while the Old English one indicates the month of Yule, which is confusing. And also, the true origin of the word Yule is a huge mystery. No one knows exactly where it came from, but there's a lot, a lot of, like, scholarly, uh like fisticuffs about it there People is get very into it um but the word yule we covered and i thought it was really interesting to note that the word tide means a space of time now i didn't know that and so the word yule tide i always was like what the heck is a yule tide yule meaning the midwinter tide meaning a space of time ta-da now we all have learned something all right Detta has brought an energy to the studio today that is very unusual for her. It's I'm really like a little bit disoriented on inhalers. My inhalers, I'm not very good with Western medicine. And since I had to take my inhalers like a lot, I'm a little bit loopy. She's yeah. a little bit out there. It'll be it's a fun, fun. It'll be it's like fun. a, I, not to trigger anybody, it, it, it'll be maybe a little bit like drunk history, but I'm not drunk. I don't know. I feel like there's going to be a lot of, <laughs> wait, what? In this podcast today. So... The original celebrations of Yule have been connected to the Wild Hunt, uh, which is connected to the god Odin. Uh, it's also been connected to the pagan Anglo-Saxon Modranicht, which I know I said wrong. Don't at me. Later, Yule underwent uh, Christianized Reformation, resulting in Christmastide, which is why we get Christmastide, Christmastime. A number of Christmas traditions stem directly from yeah. Yule. It is technically an indigenous midwinter festival celebrated by the Germanic peoples. The earliest references refer to a period of around two months between November and January. Yule, as this is a fun note just for myself and for everyone, the word like Yule didn't originally mean specifically the winter solstice. It meant winter and it was a time of like welcoming the sun back so there is an element of that solstice but it is mostly about a lot of studies have like scholars have said that it's about it's more of a day of the dead type ceremony like communicating with our ancestors the veil being very thin at winter time i want to interject real quickly here about the thinning of the veil or when we say the veil is thinner that is actually a reference to physical places, or it originally was a reference to physical places in Ireland where the veil between our world and the other world was thinner. And people have reported amazing experiences in these places, these caves, these elder trees or trees that are standing alone, often referred to as fairy trees. There's an entire website actually dedicated, I think it's called thinplace.net, or maybe it's Thin Place Travel. The Both of those may exist, where they cater to taking you to these places, sometimes at special holidays. And um, thinplace.net has a five must-see thin places in Ireland that I've looked at several times, which I really want to go to at some point. So when we say that the veil is thinning, what it has come to mean 
especially around Samhain, is that it is a time where the energy in the world is at a place where the entire world, at least of witches, feels like there is more access to ancestors and ghosts and spirits. But it originated in Ireland as actual physical places, as well as an energy shift in that place that then you become outside of time and space. So just wanted to put that in there. Yes, yes, yes to all of that. I love it. And what's cool is that the veil being thin in ancient Yule practices meant that you could see the wild hunt. The wild hunt, which is one of the activities referenced earlier, is a time of increased activity of undead beings who walk the earth. Um, The actual wild hunt is a procession across the sky led by Odin and the giant bear. It's like a whole thing. So so we're talking really Norse mythology here, which makes sense because it's a lot of cold weather up there. Yeah, lots of snow. And then Modrenicht is an event focused on the collective female beings that is on what is now considered Christmas Eve. Uh, This is a lot of studies uh, argue that this shows there was a fertility element Mm -hmm. to Yule. Uh, Basically, though, the whole vibe was feasting, drinking, sacrifice, the veneration of ancestors. And the symbols were the Yule log, the Yule goat, and the Yule bear. Um, But nobody can really agree on, like, any specifics. There's a lot, because there's a lot of oral history Mm -hmm. around Yule. And then when people who wrote things down got to it, they were racist or (laughs) conquerors or like whatever. So there were people who had a very deliberate agenda with the way they represented these, quote, savage people. Well, not to mention, we've also now wrapped it up in neo-paganism. So there's a lot of overlap and borrowing and amalgamation of all of them all together. Yeah. It's like really difficult to get to the root of anything. And that's going to be true of a lot of myths it is. of like gods and, and, and like pantheons and all that stuff because everybody borrowed, stole, or conquered or was stolen from and conquered. Right. And so a lot of myths get smooshed up. But... Like I mentioned, some evidence indicates that it was sort of a Day of the Dead type celebration. Um, But this is the part that I think was really interesting, and I know that I will incorporate into my Yule celebration this year, which is, in the Yule period, the coming year is not predicted. It is created. Everything that happens in this period influences and creates the coming year. Now, this is cool and important because there was definitely a belief... Um, that divination was not just a prediction of the future. It was a way to shape your future. So manifestation or planning for that. Yeah. So like fate and divining and things like that were not just a like PowerPoint of what could happen. It was like you are making that PowerPoint of what's going to happen. Um, so basically what that means is that abundant food and alcohol during Yule meant that you were going to have... A year full of abundance because you were creating that abundance during Yule. 
Oh, yeah, my little editorial note. I find it interesting that the solstice is not necessarily specifically mentioned by scholars when discussing the ancient practices of Yule. I did think that was interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Why? Hmm. Okay. Sure, scholars. Because it was such a long celebration surrounding that, I think, partly is why. But I wonder, too, if Saturnalia gets in their way when they're doing their research, which is another winter festival. Oh, oh, sorry. I jumped ahead again. Sorry. (laughs) Detta is on a roll today. She's like, St- uh, what's his name? Lightning McQueen, the really fast car from the movie Cars. All right. So before we move on to sort of current Yuli things, um, where Detta is going to take over, because I've been talking a lot. No, you have uh, Other solstice celebrations around the world, because y'all know I don't like to just talk about the Western world when it comes to giant cosmic freaking events. (laughs) So other solstice celebrations around the world include the ancient Roman Saturnalia. What? What's that? I've never, oh. A a festival that regarded (laughs) the god Saturn. Um, It has a lot of similar like Yule practices. Yeah. And if you follow the Roman pantheon, you probably know more than we do about it. Probably. Uh. I'm team Greeks. Don't tell anybody. Anyway, <laughs> there is also Inti Rami, which is, I'm sure I said wrong. It's the ancient Incan sun festival because what class? I'm not an ancient Incan. You might remember that from the Sawan episode, me clarifying that point for all of you. Uh, so I'm not ancient Incan, turns out. Inti Rami is an ancient Incan sun festival. Um, Dongji is a Chinese celebration of the winter solstice. Toji is a Japanese celebration. And Shabiyalda is Iranian. And I want you all to look it up. I'm going to spell it for you. But I want you to look it up because it is the coolest myth. And I'm not going to tell you what it is. This is homework. Me telling you to do some homework because it's hecking cool. It's called Shabi Yalda, and it's spelled S-H-A-B as in boy, dash E-Y-A-L-D-A. And it's really dope. And please check it out. I think that like Western Asian and Middle Eastern cultures not deeply recognized a lot of the time for their like rich, incredible cultural contributions to the world. So please, please, please check that out because just like summer solstice the winter solstice happens all over the globe so all over the globe has different ways to practice it it. i went to add a bunch of uh, indigenous and native american like solstice things but Mm. there were so many because of the varied nature of the people and um so many tribes I, i did see one that was for my ancestors in New Mexico. Um, the Zuni people, I believe, have like a really rad sun festival. Oh, right in the middle of winter. Right in the middle it. of winter. It's all because this we're hope. all just so happy that the sun came back. Right. So true. It's coming back. Okay, I've never heard of the Iranian festival. I'm really excited to go look it up. Go look it up. Well. It's awesome. There's like a goddess eating the sun. It's like a whole thing. I want people to come back and. Tell us stuff and send us stuff on Instagram. Let us know what you find, because <laughs> I thought it was so cool. Yeah. 
Well, Denna, I have my tea. I have mine too. Uh, I'm cozy. I'm ready to head out to the fire. All right, let's head to the bonfire. Well, I am really excited. Oh, squirrel, I just have to point out. So Corey is drinking from a cup that matches my anniversary plates. Did you get that on Orcas Island from? Nope. They match our dinner plates, our our 20th anniversary dinner plates that we got on Orcas Island from Orcas Pottery. I thought for a second you meant a real squirrel. Oh, and I almost turned around because I was like, (laughs) where? Because I'm indoors. There's a squirrel. That would have been a fucking disaster. (laughs) We have three squirrels that visit our porch every single morning. I know. And one of them is a hummingbird now. (gasps) Have you named it yet? Scoot. Oh my gosh, that's adorable. And it's coming every morning. It's coming every day, several times a day. Wow. Very stoked. I want it to tell its little hummingbird friends. You know they might not. They're very territorial. Well, there's Except plenty they have of mates. sugar here to go I around. I know. I know. Some, somebody told me that when I bought one of those hummingbirds with more than one, and they said, you know, that's never going to happen unless they've got a mate. They might bring their mate. And he told me that whole story. That makes the fact that I saw two fly by it once make more sense. Because I think that the one that found it first was like, get the fuck away from me! <laughs> He might have been. He might have been. I have been celebrating the winter solstice since before I started practicing witchcraft officially because Tammy celebrated it. And she is not, uh, she would say that she uh, she's probably by Pantheon. So she likes the Greeks and the Romans. Although she absolutely, her goddess is Diana. I think it's okay that I say that. I'm sure she's fine with that. Goddess of the hunt. Yeah. Do you know what I love about Diana? Quick sidebar. Mm-hmm. Go. Is that one time some idiot man came upon her bathing in the woods. And do you know what she did? What she did? Sicked her dogs after yeah. him. And they ate him. <laughs> That's what you get for being a peeping Tom. I really love yeah. her. So there you go. And Artemis. Anyway. Yeah. So she talks about Diana and Artemis. Knowing that they're different, but she likes both pantheons when it comes to that particular god, those particular goddesses. So I've been celebrating winter solstice for a really long time. And the winter solstice, just like you were saying, deals with the idea of hope and fertility. The fact that the sun is coming back. And in the neo-pagan myth, it's the oak king and the holly king. And they're fighting each other. And one dies. And then one will come back to life in midsummer. And that's the neo-pagan, mostly Wiccan celebration lore around Yule, but still use a lot of the same celebration tools like the Yule log, edible and burnable. Did it just burp? I'm turning into Corey there. So (laughs) in a good way. Turn it into Corey. (laughs) Listen. I know. I know. I'm a gas monster. I can't help that. (laughs) But it also plays into death and rebirth, the sun dying, the sun coming back connecting to the ancestors because there's this Norse myth with Frigga and her son Baldur, the god of light and love. She had made, she had heard a prophecy that her son, most beloved by everyone in the world, that he was going to die young. And she went to make a deal with everybody that they wouldn't hurt him or harm him. And all the plants and all the animals got together and said, no, we won't. But she forgot to talk to the mistletoe. So Loki, being the devious god that he was, grabbed some mistletoe and threw it at Baldur and it killed him. But then on the winter solstice, she cried over his body and her tears brought him back to life. 
and her red tears turned the berries that are red into white berries, which is what happens to the mistletoe. There are a lot of great retellings of that myth that you can find. They're beautiful. And that is Norse mythology. Another thing that happened around winter solstice, history-wise, is that the Druids, the oak tree, was one of their most sacred trees, and they would find mistletoe growing um, in the oak trees, and they would take them and burn them, and it was a sign of everlasting life and rebirth and welcoming the sun back. And all those festivals had similar themes because they were moving into the hard, cold winter. Everything was stocked up. They'd have one last celebration, like you said, to celebrate abundance and to really kind of get fat before you went into your storages and hoped that they last through however long the winter was going to end up being. And that's what a lot of the winter solstices, Saturnalia, all those old festivals were about. But in Irish history, in Irish witchcraft, it is not considered a fire festival. It's considered a cross-quarter festival. So the fire festivals, yeah, I see you have a question. What's a cross-quarter festival? They are the festivals that are placed between Beltane and the fire festivals, and they are on the equinoxes and the solstice, and they really focus on community and family. So Belshin, Beltane, and um, Imbolc, and Samhain, Luz Day, a.k.a. Lunasa. Yeah, so that's just a brief overview of history and a lot of the sources out there, I'll put them, I'll drop them in the show notes. Uh, Some of it's from my knowledge, but some of it I reconfirmed before I came on to talk is like, okay, because they all blend and overlap so much that sometimes it's easy to mix up what is neo-pagan and what is an old myth that was based in some line in an ancient poem that we were able to find. Well, it's true, right? Like the Ulster cycles for Irish witchcraft. The Morrigan is mentioned in there. There are stories of her, but not all of them are flushed out. Some of them are contradictory. And we talk about that and we base a lot of our verified gnosis on those old myths and what the monks wrote down or what we find in Celtic knots or what we find in ancient writings when they finally got written down. But like you were saying, so much of it is oral tradition passed on and conquerors get a hold of it. Although I understand the monks were pretty decent about hanging on to a lot of Irish. They snuck real Irish happenings in. I mean, not completely because they were indeed conquerors and Britain did their colonization thing and almost killed the Irish language. The last native speaker. I just learned this a little while ago that the Oriole, it's a place in Ireland and the last native speaker of the Irish language or Gaelic uh, and often pronounced around the world as Gaelic, which drives some people crazy. Uh, died in 1969, and in 1972, because people had the forethought to realize that this was going to happen, had made all these documentaries, and there's a wonderful woman who founded the Oriole Arts and wrote a great book called A Hidden Ulster. So if you're geeking out nerdy like me about Irish witchcraft and Irish history and Irish music... It's a great resource to investigate. Okay, back to Yule and winter solstice. 
Right on. So winter solstice, associations and correspondences, probably a lot of the same ones that you found for Yule. Good old cinnamon, yeah? Did you find that? I actually didn't do that oh, for this didn't. episode. Oh, you did Am I supposed to save this for... Because what? I did it for the ceremony Okay, never episode. mind. We're going to talk about all that. I'm just getting ahead of us. I'm getting ahead. We have a tendency to try to shove too much into one episode. So this is just the history. This is this episode's just about history. So I will say the winter solstice goes back a very long way. Again, hard to trace the exact date. But there are writings and cave drawings. And I have some more fun history stuff around food and dates and how we got some of the traditions for next week. I just want to reiterate, I think, that there is so many... The Germanic peoples doesn't mean Germans. Oh, <laughs> The Germanic peoples cover a wide, large swath of Western Europe, Western and Northern Europe. And it is, I think, important to remember, too, that that was like a really tumultuous place. A lot of people wanted to get their hands on it. Mm hmm. And because it's lush and beautiful and, and there are many, many resources and one religion wants to take over and snuff out another and like it's just like a whole thing so keep in mind i guess like thinking about yule that i don't know that like you can like love christmas and celebrate christmas and like go ham on christmas and i will (laughs) but i also like to think about the broader scope of yuletide because it offers more space And more time to, like... What do you mean by that? More space and time? To, like, reflect and do the work of setting your intentions for the year and battening down the hatches Mm -hmm. for winter and celebrating the fact that you're alive and well and, like, being really aware of the sun coming back. Because there was a time... When people didn't know if it was going to come back, they really, really relied on these celebrations so that the sun would come back. It was their devotion. It was their celebration. It was their sacrifice that kept the world turning and making the gods happy. And so the sun could come back. And that was one of the other, if if I may, that was one of the other traditions in Irish witchcraft and also in winter solstice celebrations about staying up all night. I don't know if you found that in your research, that they would stay up all night in order to will the sun to come back after that shortest day and not knowing just exactly what you were saying, not knowing if it was going to. And there are a lot of people today that still stay up all night. And I'm, I am one of them, although I I'm getting older and sometimes I don't make it all night anymore, but I try to honor that, that longest night and will the sun back. I think it's, yeah. And I think that it's an important metaphor too, because we take for granted that we know that the days are going to get longer because we just have that knowledge. But sometimes it can feel like the sun's never gonna come back. And I think that it's really important to not take for granted that it will. Like, when you're feeling dark or down or low, like, remember that that's not always. That's not forever. And I think that 
Yule is a really beautiful celebration of that principle. Um, whether it's literal, figurative, personal, whatever, the sun will come back. It's just sleeping right now. <laughs> and you, <laughs> you are know? talking on a deep level right now. But I just think that's important. And to celebrate it over the whole month gives you time to unpack that. Rather than shoving it all into a holiday that IMO, this is my opinion, has become difficult. Christmas is hard. Christmas has become more difficult than fun in a lot of ways. Just like societally. It's like you you got that pressure to get the perfect gift. And right now there's the pressure to travel. And there's like, there's, I think Christmas is just, and I know this is going to sound so Mr. Grinch because I love Christmas time. But like, it has become commodified. And... I love the lights. I love the lights. I love the twinkly lights. I just made peanut butter Hershey Kiss cookies yesterday. Like, I'm on my cookie game. I'm about to make a Yule log next weekend. But, like, I'm gonna, I'm like doing all the fun things I love to do for Christmas. The tree is up, the lights are up, the house smells like candy canes, whatever. But, like, the actual day of Christmas can be stressful in its Mm. buildup because you're like am i doing enough uh did i buy the right thing whatever um whereas yule as a period of time as a time uh (laughs) or the 12 days of which originated even the 12 days of not with christmas yeah the the yule tide being 12 days and then the Yule season being that month or whatever, gives you a lot of time and space to prepare and to reflect. So that's why I think that that's important. (laughs) I think it's cool that it's longer. I also like any festival that's like, let's eat and drink and celebrate for like Well, I also love the fact that we light so many. I don't know about the rest of you in the world out there listening. And Corey, it sounds like you have as well. So my wife is my light. I'm I'm the one who gets dark and hermity, especially around this time of year. I do. And because of her, I don't as much. And we just put up all of our lights this last weekend and last weekend. And we leave them up until February or March, because here in the Northwest, it's it's getting dark at 4.15, everyone, where I am. I don't know about you. I think Alaska's probably a lot worse. You Southern Hemisphere people over there in Australia, we are loving you right now. Good for you. Send some of that sun our way. But it, it is, yeah, Enjoy. it's getting dark really early, and we've had some really great weather here in the Pacific Northwest, and I looked at the weather app, and it's about to turn. <laughs> And it's going to turn yeah. yuck because Seattle is nasty it's wet. It gets in the winter. Really wet. It, one bonus of not oh, being great. allowed to F and go anywhere mm-hmm. is that I don't have to walk around downtown from the bus stop in the sideways freezing <sighs> so rain. So true. So true. <laughs> and hang up those lights. Hang, hang them up. Yeah, Light a to remind you, just like you were saying, that it's temporary. It is And if you're like me and you live in a small place and you can't get a big real tree, go to the gas station, get a couple of pine-scented air fresheners, get yourself a pine-scented candle, maybe one that smells like candy canes. The olfactory sense is going to be your Mm -hmm. friend right now because those smells make your brain happy. Mm -hmm. 
And we'll talk a lot next episode. Please tune in for food and ritual celebrations and what we do for ritual celebrations, not just the history of Yule. But before we do that, I just want to add to your olfactory and say oranges, if you can stand them. One of my daughters hates citrus. So I was like, smell orange. Is she a cat? No. No, and my cats like citrus. They actually try to eat my orange peels. They are weird cats, everyone. They are very weird because it's supposed to repel them. And it's like, oh, citrus, yay. No, but (laughs) it's supposed to help you with your SATs because it's really good for your memory. But it's also a really great mood lifter, which we'll get or I will get more into next episode because I went down a rabbit hole of orange research this last week. Aren't you excited now? Love it. Now you really want to tune in next week. (laughs) Now you really want to tune in. Oh, she's going to talk about oranges. The mystery of oranges. Well, Corey, I just want to say thanks for sharing that deep metaphor. Uh, no, I mean it. I'm serious. It is. It's a, it, it is really easy to think, especially now and especially with COVID, that this is never going to end. And I know a lot of people are really struggling. With that in mind, I want you to know that we will make sure there is a resource Uh, a phone number or an email in the show notes uh, today for you or anyone you know who is struggling and needs someone to talk to. We have some of the sources in our link tree too on Instagram if you want to head over there and also some resources, some links to food security and rent security organizations that can help you out with that as well because this can be a hard time. I know it has been for me in the past. Winter is beautiful, but she's also yeah. kind of hard. Yeah, it can be really hard. So, so on that note, well, <laughs> on that note, do you uh, do you have any sparks you want to send up? Yes, I do. Okay, I'm very excited about my spark today. Uh, so, my husband is friends with this super cool woman who owns a soap shop. It's called Pip and Lola's. Oh, Samantha. It's Samantha. I love her. This shop is so rad, fam. And I just want you to know that we just ordered the 10-pack mystery hand soaps. So, uh, Samantha is doing this really cool thing right now because she knows people are having a hard time financially that um, all her junk is on sale. So please go check it out. It's like vegan and vegetarian soaps. There's bath bombs. There's hair stuff. There's lotions and and all kinds of amazing stuff. And there are some that are named after Shakespeare characters. And there are they're just yes. That's why Adrian knows her. Um, but there's like themed and they're just so great and for every two bars of soap that are purchased one bar of soap gets donated to a shelter and the shop is named after her two youngest kids which is like so cute and it's just an amazing amazing store so please check them out um they're a great stocking stuffer if you're a stocking stuffer family they're a great gift for yourself or others and they're actually when it comes to like artisan soaps really 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 reasonably priced like i was shocked i got 10 bars for 48 dollars. yeah and i thought her prices were gonna go up when she got a brick and mortar store she's in pittsburgh now 
she used to be here. In the Pacific Northwest. But they didn't go up when she got her brick and mortar. She's incredibly reasonably priced. Yeah, it's and they are beautiful soaps, and I can't wait to use them and smell them and know that I did something good. <laughs> I'll let you all know if they're uh, amazing. They will be. I'm going to send up an artist this week. I absolutely adore her. Her name is Carol Anzoletti. I have actually known Carol's work, and now I know her a little bit, virtually only. But we've become friends on Facebook through another mutual friend of mine. She's also a follower of the Morgan. And I know this because back in the 90s, early 2000s, before Etsy, I ordered some of my Book of Shadow and Grimoire pages from her that depicted the Morgan, certain herbs, some spell correspondences. So if you're feeling judged about putting other people's work in your grimoire or in your personal use, just consecrate it for yourself. We don't all have the same skills that other people have, and we live in this wonderful time where we can include other people's artwork, and especially other people who are like-minded. You also don't need to order her work for your grimoire pages or your book of shadows. You can hang it on the wall. It is absolutely gorgeous. Yep. Yeah, Corey's just, that's it. That's the Morgan. That's the very first page I ever bought for my grimoire page. I also have a stool that she did with the Morgan with the description of the triple goddess and who she is that I used for a long time. It was my small little altar before I had a larger permanent space that I could set up and leave up for the Morgan. That's what I used for years. She just has a really special place in my heart. I love her work so much. Heck yeah. I just did a little Googling while Dada was talking because I like to know. I like visual aids and uh, that stuff is really cool. I love it. She's really great. She's on Instagram and has an Etsy shop and I'll Sweet. drop those in the show notes. So she's my, my spark. <laughs> this week's episode brought to you by Mouth Sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Soundscaping by Dada and Corey. That's our other podcast. <laughs> Let's get to work on that. We just create magical landscapes with our mouths. Um, Well, I think the vibe in here is we're getting a little punchy. So I think we might have to say goodbye for now. We're very excited to talk to you next week about all things celebrating Yule. Uh, But until then, be well. Harm none. And don't forget that you are magic. Folks, thanks for listening. And if you liked it, please don't forget to rate and review us if you're on Apple and like us if you're on Spotify. And if you're so inclined, please tell your friends because we would love to have them along for the fun as well. Don't forget to leave that review because that really helps other people find this podcast. We also love it when you ask us questions. So please feel free to reach out to our Gmail, bonfirebabblepodcast at gmail.com. Or our Facebook at Bonfire Babble. Or our Instagram at Bonfire Babble. Or Twitter at Bonfire Babble. I think Twitter is Bonfire Babble Podcast. <laughs> what? Go figure. I don't know. So yeah, reach out and find us there. And thanks again for listening. Bonfire Babble would like to acknowledge that we are on the traditional land of the first people of Seattle. 
the Duwamish people past and present, and honor with gratitude the land itself and the Duwamish tribe. For more information on how to support their programs, please visit Real Rent Duwamish.